avoiding gift card scams, bias in the media, a new COVID variant, phones are making our kids dumber, that and a whole lot more on today's Random Thoughts. Hello and welcome to episode number 258 of the Random Thoughts podcast that is spelled R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. This is the last show before Christmas. I hope everybody is ready, willing, and able for the holidays. And it may be the last show of the year. I'm not sure. You got to show me some love if you want another show. Before the end of the year, we are a value for value show. After all, randomthoughts.com slash donate. But next week is Christmas, the year after New Year's Day. So we've made it through 2023. I hope yours has been good. On the last show, I questioned whether my Lowe's orders would arrive on time and as expected. And surprisingly, yes. Everything went without a hitch. And while it wasn't the fastest process for delivery and installation, I get when you buy things on Black Friday through Cyber Monday that there's going to be a little bit of a backlog. And besides having a little bit of a delay and having to do the horrible dishes by hand for a few weeks, everything went well. The freezer arrived all the way from the store on the north side of Chicago. I asked the guys if this was a rarity, and they were like, no, we got to go to Gary, Indiana next, and then the west side of Chicago. So I'm like, okay, this wasn't even your worst stop of the day. So I felt a little better about that. And then yesterday, the dishwasher showed up. Installation went off without a hitch, and now we won't have to do the dishes by hand. So that's a plus. So overall, No complaints with Lowe's. When I had to call for the original order, as I had mentioned, where they didn't want to use my Lowe's credit card because it had been years since I had used it, the support people were definitely based out of the Deep South somewhere. I thought it was interesting that my buddy, Larry Blindner, who, again, seven years of that Larry show, thatlarryshow.com, he recently had an issue with a Home Depot order and called up and their tech support also in the deep south somewhere. So interesting. Maybe it's just what the big box stores with the tools do. Either way, it's nice to have somebody that you can understand. And my buddy Larry had a different take on it as well, which is it is for that kind of a store. When you call up and you get a woman with a southern accent, you are a lot less angry. So maybe it's all being done on purpose. Maybe it's all going to be an AI. This is going to figure out when you call, when they know you're mad about an order, when something has gone wrong, they're going to do a very quick personality profile on you and be like, well, who, what voice, which one are we going to use? Which AI voice will disarm this person? Don't think that's not coming. But overall, no complaints with Lowe's. Give them a thumbs up all the way around. But a story that has been 
at the top of the news in a few different places over the last couple of weeks harkens back to a rant that I had last year around Christmas time when I said, don't ask for gift cards. Don't give gift cards. Gift cards are the devil. That hasn't changed. Gift cards are still the devil. Do not give them. And if somebody asks for them, give them cash. And if they're like, hey, I want a Starbucks gift card. Well, take a bill, whether you're giving them 20, 50, or if they're really good, giving them a hundy. Just write Starbucks on top of the bill and be like, gift card. There you go. It's good anywhere. If you decide you don't want to spend it at Starbucks, you can spend it at Dunkin' or you can spend it at uh, Target or you can spend it at Best Buy. Anywhere you want. Good. The gift card that is widely universally accepted, although, as I've mentioned, there are some businesses in this country who don't want to take cash anymore. For those, I say don't do business with them. But the headlines, including this one, which was the headline, the number one headline on Fox News today, sophisticated gift card scam rocking retailers, leaving buyers empty handed, shocked victim warns. And the shocked is in quotes. Not really sure why that was the victim not actually shocked. I don't know. I did that rant, I think, on the last show where the media overall people do not understand what kind of punctuation to use and larry over at that larry show again he did one recently on that so we are always on the same page it drives me nuts to see this kind of stuff in the media it's like it doesn't make sense what do you mean why would you put that in quote shocked but i digress not the most important thing with the story here the important thing to note is that gift cards are not secure. If you're buying them in a store where they are easily accessible, there's a really good chance those cards have been compromised. And there's a few different ways for this scam to go down. Most of the time, it goes something like this. Thieves will steal a bunch of the gift cards off the shelf. They will take them home. They will get the numbers that they need off of them. I guess they're able to now with whatever kind of machine or whatever kind of epoxy they're using something to return that little scratch off stuff. You know, when you get one of these gift cards, the actual number for the card is usually exposed. That is the number tied to the barcode that is exposed for the retailer to scan when you buy it. But there's always a magic number. There's always a secret number. There's always something hidden that if you don't know the hidden part, then you're not getting the money off the gift card. Well, they take the cards, they get the hidden parts, and then they just cover the hidden parts back up. So when you buy them, it activates it and the money is there. I thought it was hilarious in this article just that how they don't even understand how this kind of stuff works. They're like, well, they're using a very complicated system to then take the money off the card before the person you're buying them for can use them. I don't think it's that sophisticated of a system. Almost all gift cards, you can go to a page 
without being logged in or anything because they're not tied to any one person. Most gift cards work something like this. Here, there's a website you can go to, randomthoughts.com slash gift card, and then you type in the gift card number you got, and it will come back with whether that card has money on it or not. If it's not active, it's going to show it's not active. There's no money available to be spent. Well, all they have to do is run a script that checks these gift card numbers that they have stolen and returned. They have the super secret surprise number. And the minute that shows that the gift card is good, well, then they just drain that money into something else and you're out of luck. It's not that sophisticated. There are others where they are pasting a new barcode over. So they get gift cards, they steal those. And then they take the barcodes from those, which is once that is scanned and purchased, they are activated. So they replace the barcodes on cards that have not been purchased with the barcodes of cards that they have already stolen. So when you're nice enough to go up to the register and give them money, then the cards that they have stolen now work with the money that you just put on them. Again, there's a very simple thing. Do not buy gift cards. This happened, and I don't know if it was a case of fraud, but last year around Christmas time, one of the bosses where my wife works gave her a gift card and it came back that it was, you know, nothing. It wasn't activated. No good. Could very well be because it was part of a scam. Just the way it goes. And there's really not much you can do. The Fox News, there was a bunch. If you go on to the YouTubes, there's a bunch of local news covering this. The national news was even covering it. I was surprised to see Deborah Norville still doing the news. She spoke at my junior high graduation. So Deborah Norville's been around for a long, long time. And they asked the experts, like, what can you do to protect yourself from the gift card scams? And the answer is, well, keep all of your receipts. It's like, well, the receipts don't mean anything. Except that you bought a gift card, but they don't know if you actually bought the gift card that you're then coming back with if the gift card was scammed if there was a new barcode on it maybe you're the thief that could be the new scam pretend that you're the one that got scammed the only answer is don't buy gift cards if you can avoid it do not buy gift cards they are convenient only that i can tell is if it's something you want to digitally send somebody and it is instantaneous delivery. And with those, I believe there's less chance that there's a fraudulent aspect to it because they're not physical gift cards. They're being emailed directly to a person and you're getting the convenience that you don't actually have to be in the same place with them. You don't have to put it in the mail. Oh my gosh, do not get me started on the mail. I have a P.O. box, which you can find over at randomthoughts.com that has the service attached to it that will show you what's coming to your mailbox. And all the time, up until recently, if you saw one of these emails come in that showed you a picture of what was coming in, that mail was there that day. That is no longer the case. And some of the mail just has never shown up. So the amount of lost mail in the postal system at this point has to be astronomical. So if you're sending people gift cards in the mail, it's very hit and miss whether they're going to make it 
if you're sending cash, God bless you. You, at the very least, I think, want to go with a system that has trackable shipping so you can maybe track the package down afterwards because the post office just not doing very well right now. But the gift cards that you send digitally, those I've never had an issue with. Then again, I don't usually let them sit around. Every now and then I convert some of the Satoshis that people stream my way or send for support of the show into Amazon gift cards. And I use a place called coincards.com. It will turn your crypto into a various gift cards. And then I put that immediately when the email comes in on my Amazon account. Never had a problem with any of that. But these gift cards that you have to give people, especially if you're buying them weeks before Christmas, you know what the scammers know? Most likely those gift cards aren't going to be used for at least a few weeks. Plenty of time. And the scam that it's a double whammy when you realize they have to steal the cards, get the information, and then either return the cards with the little scratch off thing, which is kind of just a sticker now. So I'm guessing some scammers are printing these things up because they're just a sticker kind of thing that goes over there. So they're making it look like the cards have never been tampered with. It's not that complex of a thing. The news wants to make it sound like it's really complex. The reality is, as long as somebody can get those gift cards out of a store, do whatever they need to do with them, and then get them back into the store or get other cards back into the store that match the barcodes of the ones that they've stolen, these scams are going to continue. One of the ways retailers could deal with this, but they don't seem to want to because convenience is to have these behind the counter somewhere where the average consumer can't just grab 20 gift cards, take them home, and then bring them back later. So beware of this. Do not buy gift cards off a shelf. Just give cash. Just give cash. It's the ultimate gift card. I mean, sure, it's not a very thoughtful gift, but if you're really stuck and you're thinking, well, a gift card's the way to go, cash is still the ultimate gift card. There is a new Rasmussen Reports survey on the news media, which all polling is very suspect. Do not believe everything polls tell you. We have learned long ago how to lie with statistics. This taken from the Washington Examiner. It says the details of the Rasmussen Report survey shared with secrets, whatever secrets is, said that 60% of likely voters believe media bias has gotten worse. That is up six points from the last time Rasmussen asked, which looks like that may have been in March. Just 6% said bias is getting better, and 30% said it was about the same as it was in March when the pollster last asked. Partisan politics is somewhat at play, it says, but still, far more Democrats, Republicans, and independents than not said bias in the news is getting worse. Democrats, of course, pretty clueless because they like what the media says overall. No matter what Keith Olbermann says, that the media is barely liberal. (laughs) I mean, the people that try to tell you that the mainstream media is not liberal, They are lying to you. The proof is there. You can hear it. You can see it every time you 
watch a television news report every time you listen you know where the bias is the trump hate is a very easy way to know when the mainstream media is like 90 95% negative about donald trump what does that tell you oh i mean if any of you out there is like well that just tells you donald trump's bad then you really have been missing out and you need to go back and listen to every random thoughts again and catch back up to us democrats 44% to 11% said bias is getting worse than better. Republicans said worse 74% to 2%. So 44% of Democrats think the media bias is getting worse. 74% of Republicans and independents said it's getting 63% said it is getting worse. And only 4% said it is getting better. The media coverage of the Biden administration has pointed out here 65% of likely voters said it is fair to poor. Less than half, 30%, said it was good to excellent. So, what this poll would allegedly be pointing to is that the average voter is finally catching on to some of the stuff the media is doing. Finally, catching on to the fact that the media is biased and all things are no question about that. There are those that do the job that try to be as non-biased because I know I have a bias, but I try to cover stories as fairly as I can and remove that because I think that does more for you, the people that are very kindly listening rather than just hearing me give my opinion, which I am more than happy to do, but I would like to base that opinion on facts, not just on things that are being pulled out of the air randomly. The people that believe that the bias in the news doesn't exist or that it's been getting drastically better are pretty obviously, with the kind of data that we have, would think that those are the far left they're like no no what the media is saying is exactly what i think so it must be correct it's called confirmation bias it's also why most people will enjoy media coverage will enjoy the podcast will enjoy whatever entertainment that they may be listening to they will enjoy it more if the things that they agree with are plentiful. If you're listening to a podcast and what the guy's saying or gal is not what you believe, I mean, you may still listen, but you're probably not going to enjoy it as much because you're not getting that dopamine hit of, yeah, yeah, see, that guy's saying exactly what I've been saying. He knows. So beware of that, that the shows you like the most may not be the most accurate. They may be. But always check the facts, not just because that you want to believe what they're saying, but always check the facts. I know some people don't like that. I've been accused of using the left's talking points at time, and it's like, well, then the left must be right about that particular. Well, no, the left must be correct. Let's be fair. When I start saying things like the left must be right, people are going to be like, you are horrible at this. You don't even know how to speak right, correctly. I feel like Andrew, should I edit? Andrew, I should have probably edited this. 
I love Bandrew's show, the Bandrew Says podcast. He's very big into editing. I hate doing editing, but I see now every now and then you're like, well, should I take this out? Maybe I wouldn't sound as dumb. Ah, what the heck? It's just a podcast. Beware of everybody's bias and beware that these shows you're listening to that you're like, wow, this is great. May just be because they're saying things that you agree with and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But every now and then find a hate list and find a show that says things totally the opposite of what you think and then try to disprove them. Because if you can then disprove them, you'll feel better and you'll also feel like doubly correct in your original viewpoints. Because when I hear somebody like Keith Olbermann say that MSNBC is one of the only news organizations that kind of swings to the liberal side. I do my homework and I go, wow, Keith Olbermann is insane. Guy doesn't have two brain cells left. And one of those stories everybody's always been disagreeing about is all the COVID stuff. There are plentiful news stories once again that there is a new COVID variant going around. My wife may have it. She's starting to cough. I'm perfectly fine. I mean, it could be a cold. Could be the flu. She didn't get a flu shot. She was afraid of the flu shot. I got the flu shot. So if this is the flu, I win or she wins. I don't know. Maybe I'll drop dead because of the vaccine. It's all a roll of the dice. This new variant, of course, we're being told in the media is way, way, way more contagious and it could fool those vaccines and it could go around those vaccines and it could make it so the vaccines are doing nothing. Which is one of the main reasons that vaccines are kind of useless. Even when it comes to the flu vaccines that people have been getting for a long, long time now, it's always a guess on the variant that is going to become the variant that spreads, that becomes the variant that knocks everybody out, the variant that knocks all the other variants out, the variant that reigns supreme. And if they choose the wrong things to put into the vaccine, they're like, wow, the flu vaccine didn't really work this year because we chose poorly on what was going to be going on around the world six months later when the flu season finally hits. The nefarious thing, though, here is the usual government agencies that are requesting everybody mask up and social distance, neither of which did anything throughout any of the COVID that has never done anything when it comes to the common cold, which is a very close cousin, of course, to the COVID thing. Social distancing and masks don't work. Now, masks, if you know you're sick and you have to go out in public, I'm fine with you putting a mask on because you're keeping your germs that you know you have from spreading. If you are perfectly healthy, wearing masks long term will most likely impact your health negatively because nobody wants germs sitting right in front of their face. Your air that you breathe out is supposed to go out into the world, causing global warming, which is a story I'm not even going to really talk about today, except that I'm talking about it right now. Yes, the human breathing is actually leading to more global warming. So, I mean, we all know the answer, don't we? Everybody jump off a cliff to save the planet. 
That's what the left's going to be telling you next. Besides eat bugs, jump off a cliff while eating those bugs to stop your horrible breathing. But masks do not work. There have been multiple studies. There were multiple studies before the COVID pandemic that showed wearing a mask does not protect you from contracting a virus, which is what COVID is. Social distancing, also a load of crap because the particles travel more than six feet. This has all been proven, especially indoors where certain air conditioning systems, that was one of the first things out of the Chinese restaurant that was in China. I'm assuming they served Chinese food. I don't know. That showed people sitting in the path of the air conditioning. Well, they were the ones that got sick while people on the other side of the restaurant did not. These droplets carry more than six feet. So the concept of masking and social distancing is only there to control you, only there as a placebo, only there to make you feel like you're doing something would neither actually work to protect you. So there's that. It's kind of like having a gun to protect yourself in your home, but not buying bullets. So when somebody like breaks in, you get to show them the gun. And then when they still attack you, you go, oh, wow, no bullets. It's really does not work at all that's what people keep wanting to do i guess they feel better maybe it's a social virtue thing virtue signaling that we're wearing a mask we're social distancing doesn't work does not work it never worked with the cold you want to know why we were never able to come up with a vaccination for the common cold because you can't it mutates all the time like any virus which makes vaccines pretty much useless pretty much useless the mrna vaccines keep are uh, continuously now linked to more and more health issues but no just forget about that go get yourself some more mrna it's good for you the doctors will tell you well the bad doctors will tell you the bottom line here is that this covid variant that is causing so much hubbub not really any more severe than any of the others it's continuing continuing oh my God, I can't talk today. It is continuing down a path that almost all viruses go through, which is they continue to mutate. And with that, they become less severe. It's the actual science that would be following the science, understanding that and that masking and social distancing do not work. And here's another story that totally fits in with the random thoughts program from the atlantic yes the far left atlantic the headline it sure looks like phones are making students dumber it's an opinion piece by a guy named Derek thompson and it talks about the scores that i told you about i think on the last episode where the math ability for kids in the united states down at like an all-time low And there's various reasons that people are putting behind that. Of course, a lot of them are just math is racist, but that's for another show, I think. In this article, it says, quote, so what is driving down student scores around the world? The PISA report offers three reasons to suspect that phones are a major culprit. First, it says 
The study finds that students who spend less than one hour of leisure time on digital devices a day at school scored about 50 points higher in math than students whose eyes are glued to their screen more than five hours a day. This gap held even after adjusting for socioeconomic factors. For comparison, a 50-point decline in math scores is about four times larger than America's pandemic-era learning loss in that subject, end quote. So that's huge. That is huge. And the phones can be a great tool, but when they become a necessity like anything else, it's an addiction. And when kids are on social media, it's that fear of missing out every time their phone makes a little noise. I think most people have experienced this. It's kind of fun if you're in a crowd, if you can make your phone put out a little alert beep. How many people are like, oh, oh got to look at my phone, got to look at my phone, got to might be, might be missing something, might be something important. It is an addiction. It's a dopamine hit. When people put out posts on social media, every time they get a like, Every time somebody responds with, yeah, that guy knows what he's talking about. You have to realize what that does to a person psychologically. Podcasters are not immune. We love to see the numbers going way up. Love to see the big donations rolling in. It makes you feel good. Like somebody's listening. Somebody's enjoying this. And you have to do what you can to be able to separate yourself from that and put things into perspective and how important these things really are in reality. And I think that the devices, especially now that we're moving more and more in to the virtual reality stuff, the devices and reality are merging. And I don't think that's a good thing. It is really a much better way to go to use these things as a tool, but also to make sure that you separate yourself from that for some time every day. If you can, if your job doesn't totally rely on it, take a day every week where you don't even look at a screen and see what that does for your mental health. The article in The Atlantic goes on, quote, second screens seem to create a general distraction throughout school, even for students who aren't always looking at them. The director of the PISA survey wrote that students who reported feeling distracted by their classmates' digital habits scored lower in math. Finally, nearly half the students across the OECD said they felt nervous or anxious when they didn't have their digital devices near them. On average, those students also said they were less satisfied with life. This phone anxiety was negatively correlated with math scores in some students who spend more time staring at their phone do worse in school distract other students around them and feel worse about their life end quote i don't think that's a surprise i do not i notice this even when sitting on the couch watching tv with the wife if she's on her phone doom scrolling it is distracting it is distract even for the people around you it is a distraction and if you're in a classroom i mean kids shouldn't have phones in the classroom anyway why do kids have devices in a classroom they are not conducive to learning 
I mean, they're very conducive to cheating, not conducive to learning. I remember in high school, they wouldn't even allow us to have certain calculators on the desk because if you really wanted to spend the time, you could program whatever you want into the calculators as far as like cheat sheets and things like that. But now phones are okay. The ultimate cheating device and with these little earbuds, the ultimate cheating device, all sorts of different ways you can cheat with the phones. I just can't believe that it's taken this long where some areas are finally taking the phones out of the classrooms, not letting students bring them into schools. If you're going to bring them into school, you leave them in your locker for the day and you take them home. They're there in case you need them in an emergency. But students having them on them all the time just has to have a negative effect on the student. And now we're learning on the people even around them. A big part, again, is understanding the psychological effect that the devices have. The dopamine hit when you get a like, when you have a post and people are like, yeah, that's awesome. When you post a podcast, people are like, yes, we're going to go tell a thousand friends about the Random Thoughts podcast. If you understand what's going on, you can help mitigate it, help control it and not become a complete slave to the digital device. And it's okay to be that uncle or that aunt or that parent. If you're out at Christmas and the kids or the adults are playing on their phone, feel free to call them out. Tell them to put it away. Tell them it's rotting their brain unless they're listening to the Random Thoughts podcast and then let them go for a half hour and then make them put the phones away and then teach them about value for value, something this show relies on. These shows go out there. They're not behind a paywall. You don't have to pay to listen to them. You get to listen to them as often as you want and decide on your own if you have gotten any value out of the shows that you have heard so far. If so, you can share value back with me by going over to randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com slash donate. Click that donate button to do a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal. You can use the QR codes or wallet addresses to do the crypto thing. You can go over to Patreon to Random Thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B Thoughts. You can use the Podcasting 2.0 ecosystem to boost us some Satoshis. Go to newpodcastapps.com. And you can use the P.O. Box address to go the snail mail route. Just beware that Uncle Sam's children do not seem to be doing a good job at this particular juncture. So allow for plenty of time if you're sending anything to anyone via snail mail right now i do have a couple of people to thank well three so a few for today's show including our buddy no beret who came in with five bucks i think that's the first time he is very very well known over on no agenda social he listens to that larry show he listens to planet rage he listens to all sorts of good stuff he was the first oligarch on unrelenting unrelenting.show so thank you no beret for helping support this little show. Also anonymous for the boost. We appreciate that. Anonymous wanted Larry to get on to get Albie. We're working on that. And Dale Jr. for streaming. Those Satoshis while listening, all appreciated. It is an honor that people are spending their time listening to this show. And it is a quadruple honor, at least, that people donate and if you want another show before the end of the year, feel free to send in a donation that says, hey, more. Give me more. Give me more random thoughts. 
If you do, there may be another show before the end of the year. If not, January is not that far away. So I hope everybody has a very happy, safe, and enjoyable Christmas and New Year. I will see you next time. I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.